This is a message from the Emergency Podcast Broadcast System. Please listen closely for a very important episode of the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Warning! The following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. This is Amish Baby Machines. Hello, friends, and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast, starring me, Dags. The Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast is powerful, and speaking of power, across this powerful virtual oaken desk is Mike Rez. Hello, hello, Flock. How are you doing? Dags, how are you? It's all good in the hood. We're all good. We're in the bunker. We're hunkered down. Is Is that a proper term, hunkered? Hunkered, I think. Uh, I think it is. Yes. Go, go with it. I, I, I got a. What is? It, remember that song? Uh, Slabber for a slunk, a hunker for a hunk of cheese. Do you remember that? I don't remember uh, that, yes. but now I'm going to look it up. Yeah, write that down. This powerful. Sh- do you have a pen with you? Um, we'll fake it. Yes, I do. You're completely useless. Let me write that down. Hunker, hunker for a hunk of cheese. Hunk of cheese. 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 Is How much good. cheese have you been eating? I've been eating a lot of cheese. I, I enjoy the cheeses. What's your favorite yeah. cheese? Um, shredded. Pretty much anything shredded. I like uh, if if you were like to twist my arm and have to know it, it's the Kojak. Colby Jack is my favorite. Powerful, powerful bald cheese. <laughs> That's right. Who loves Could, you, uh, baby? Solve a crime like nobody. We have a great, powerful episode today. We welcome everyone that listens to the Flock of Amish. We welcome new listeners. Today's powerful show, we're going to talk about a couple of movies I uh, I tasked, that's the, how you say it, tasked Mike Rez to pick out two obscure 80s movies that he hasn't seen, and we're going to talk about that. How do you think I did? Powerful picks. Nice. One I enjoyed over the other. I, I think I know which one. <laughs> <laughs> so, t- yep, today is a powerful show. We're going to talk about powerful things. Um, last night was the pink moon. Yes, very, very cool. The, the shot I got was, I didn't expect that one. People who want to see it, you should hop over to the Mike Res Radio Twitter account or the uh, Instagram account and uh, check it out. I think, uh, I think people will be amazed at, at the angle I got. Powerful. Mike Rez, we all know that you're into astronomy. Yes. But please stop sending me pictures of Uranus, would you? Oh, I thought it was one of your favorite yes. pictures of planets. Stay out of my DMs. All Powerful. Right. Yeah, what's the deal with the pink moon and super moon? Back in my day, we just had a moon. There wasn't all these names. Where did all these damn moon names come up from? I call bullshit. Social media. You know it's social media driven. It's all the hashtags. What did we have a couple, what was it, last year or the year before? We had the super blood wolf moon. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, we all know Wolf is busy. He's on CNN. Oh, Wolf Blitzer? 
yeah, we can't have him in the sky. I mean, that's, it was named after him, I think, wasn't it? It is powerful birds in the background. Tell the fans a flock of Amish, Mike Rez, where you are right now. Uh, I am, I took a walk and ended up at the state fairgrounds because it is open to the public, uh, all year round. And I am hiding under the giggles, uh, we'll call it gazebo, um, behind the, the the giggle shack. Minnesota state State fair. Yes. The great Minnesota get together as they call it. Do you think, no uh, mosquitoes. Do you think due to the powerful, uh, viruses that it will be canceled this year? God, I hope not. I'm, I like the state fair. I don't know about you, Dags, but I come up here, grab a beer, sit on a bench and watch people. Cause I'm creepy like that. No, that's powerful. Uh, yeah. So you can't go wrong. There's a lot of good craft beers in Minnesota. And this is one of the greatest spots to get your craft beer fix yes, uh, it, during the state fair. Yeah. I love the state fair. I remember all the powerful concerts I've enjoyed there. I remember yeah. uh, Rush. Ooh. But the, I'm a huge Rush fan, but the problem is we could only get seats that were way off to the, the right. So we could In the grandstand? Even, yeah, we were in the grandstand, and we were on the way off to the right, and we couldn't see anything, so we just uh, ended up getting super drunk. Nice. I think even if you could see stuff, people end up just getting super drunk. Yes, powerful well, uh, watered-down beers. What was one of your, what's one of your, uh, what was one of your favorite or one of your first, I should say, concerts at the grandstand at the Minnesota State Fair? Wow. What a powerful question. First one. Whoa. Yeah. Cause I can tell the flock what my first one was. I'm going to need you to tell the flock immediately. All right. Remember there is a group from Minnesota called the Jets and they, yes, they have a crush on you. Yes, they did. And First, they were on a. Uh, they recorded a TV show called Good Company, which used to be on locally on yes. one of the stations here. And Powerful, then they did uh, a Stephen Sharon. Stephen Sharon, yeah, and, and they uh, they recorded an episode which we saw, and then we had tickets. This was back when they actually performed in the middle of the day. They did a matinee at like 3 p.m. or something like that. So that was the first concert I saw at the grandstand at the State Fair. I think I was like seven or eight at the time. The Jets were from the powerful island of Tonga. That is correct. And yes. Prince, you're uh, pulled into the Prince family. Yes. There's like eight of them in the group or something. They're all brothers and sisters. Yes. Powerful. So, yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, Rush, obviously, I enjoyed at the State Fair. I saw Sticks. REO Speedwagon, that was a great concert. That would be a good one. What's cool is I remember the the sun was going down. You know, it's a hot, powerful, hot Minnesota day. And then as the sun was going down, the moon was rising. Powerful. Ooh. Was it an REO Speedwagon Super Blood Wolf Pink Moon? No, it was a new moon on Monday. Oh, oh, good, good one. Powerful. Powerful Duran Duran reference. I also enjoy Duran Duran. Several many times, mega many times. First time I enjoyed Duran Duran, they were at the powerful Parade Stadium. It was a huge concert. It had Blondie, Elvis Costello, who else was there? Greg Kinn Band. But the band Talk Talk was supposed to be there. What happened to Talk Talk? 
they weren't weren't there. So what happened is they had a fill-in band called Duran Duran. And I'm like, what's oh. the deal with these double names? Talk Talk, Duran Duran. And all Mr. I could, Mister. Yes. Oh my God. What a powerful band, Mr. Mister. Yeah. I'm misting up right now just thinking of Mr. Mister, how powerful it is. So Duran Duran, all I could think of is Roberto Duran. So I thought they were a powerful <laughs> Mexican <laughs> band. Nice. Yes. Lo and behold, probably a coming out party for them at the Minneapolis Parade Stadium. Oh, it's powerful. Is the Rio album? Oh, God. that was a big oh, one. Oh my them. goodness. God, is that powerful? Yes, the State Fair, you are at the State Fair. The State Fair is powerful. It's it's just a thing you gotta do if you're ever in Minnesota. Please, Minnesota, come to the Minnesota State Fair. God, I hope it doesn't get canceled. I know. We have, uh, there's a lot of pressure on us Minnesotans to stay home to make sure this thing keeps going. But while you're at home, please enjoy the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Tell a friend it's powerful, and we thank you for listening. Now, Mike Rez, we, we enjoyed a couple different movies. <laughs> we did. So what I did on Twitter, I, I told the kids that we we're going live here, and I said, uh, what are some forgotten 80s movies? So I'm going to powerfully pull up some of their responses here. All right. Losing It, All the Right Moves, Teachers, some other Teachers. ones here. Johnny Be Good, Dr. Detroit, Wildcats. Did you see Dr. Detroit, Mike Rez? I did not. I did see oh. Wildcats, though. Yes. Powerful Dr. Detroit is... Uh, Oh my God, it's a good movie. It's Dan Aykroyd, and he's just right. at his insanest, powerful, and there's a powerful antagonist mom. Reminds Ooh. me of Large Marge. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him Large Marge sent you. <laughs> <laughs> strong, strong Pee Wee Herman yes. reference there. <sighs> Three o'clock high, hiding out, Legend of Billy Jean. Cherry 2000. Crow. Do you remember Crow? And that's not the Crow with Crow Lee, right? K R U. Lima, oh. Lima. Oh, Crow. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that one. Powerful arcade game, too, Crow. God, that's right. a great movie. So I'm going to need you, uh, Mike Rez, to go through some of these and we're going to have to review them. Okay. Yes. I got Dr. Detroit on the list. I'm going to, yeah. anything with Dan Aykroyd in the 80s has yes. got to be a winner. If you guys want to see what we're talking about, please follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine. I'm on there 24 7, talking to the flock, powerful brainstorming, powerful ideas. It's wonderful, isn't it, Mike Rez? It is. It's one of my favorite accounts to follow. God bless you. Pull up some other ones here uh, Explorers. Night of the Comet, that's one that came up a couple different times. Okay. And what year was that, Mike Rez? Night of the Comet? Uh, it has to be 1984. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Powerful. <laughs> Radioactive Dreams, 1985. Hell Comes to Frogtown, 1988. Whoa, Valley Girl. Frogtown. Weird Science. Weird Science is powerful. Classic. Yes, powerful theme song by Oingo Boingo. Danny Ooh, one Elfman. Of my favorite Boingos. Yes, it is your favorite Boingo. And Danny Elfman, what did he uh, end up doing, Mike Rez? Uh, 
Danny Elfman, he, God, it's, it's a name that I, I, it's very familiar, but you're going to have to remind me so I can say, oh yeah. Powerful music scores did Batman. That's right. But most importantly did Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Right. I'm thinking writer, director, the music side is where I, I, I should have known him from. I'm embarrassed. Yes. Streets of Fire, powerful um, songs on there and the powerful soundtrack. My favorite is The Fix, Deeper and Deeper. Mm. Got another night of the comet here. So we got a bunch of powerful ideas, powerful thoughts on hidden, secret, forgotten 80s movies. Tell the fans of Flock of Amish, Mike Rez, what are the two movies that you recommended you watch? All right. Well, we uh, what I did was I Google searched 80s action movies on Netflix. And in chronological order, the two that I picked uh, was... Return to the 36th Chamber, which was released in 1980 here in the States, which I think it was probably made earlier than that over uh, overseas. And then Nighthawks, 1981. That one starred a couple of newcomers to the scene that people were still getting to know, and that would be one Sylvester Stallone and one Billy D. Williams, even though they're... Uh, when that movie was made, it was sandwiched in between some moves, some big time movies that both of them were in. What movies were those? Well, this was Nighthawks was uh, made after in between Rocky two and Rocky three. And after Return of the Jedi, or uh, excuse me, after Empire Strikes Back and before Return of the Jedi. So people were, were really getting to know Billy D. Williams back then. And I guess Sly Stallone was was a household name at that point. So I take what I said earlier back. <laughs> and, and, and rocky i think people have heard of sylvester stallone too sly sly stallone it was after after that uh that first movie stallone was in that stud and kitty's house one so people can look that one up later on their own time though powerful yeah so let's get into it nighthawks yes was that the one that you really enjoyed because that's the one i enjoyed more of the two uh that would be affirmative. Roger okay, that. Good. So let's get into it. Uh, what's what's the lowdown? What's up with Nighthawks? All right. Well, Nighthawks, for people who don't know, it's the story of two police officers. Uh, and uh, it was Deke De Silva, played by Sly Stallone, and Matthew Fox, played by one Billy D. Williams. They are members of the... You know, I don't think this this unit gets the credit they deserve, but they were part of the decoy unit and the New York Police Department, which I think after watching this movie, that should be one of the new SBU series, you know, SBU decoy unit. Now tell us about the decoy unit. Well, apparently you, you, there's some cross-dressing involved and, and you pretend you're somebody you're not to try to set up muggers either at night on the main streets of New York or in Central Park, and you wait to get jumped, and then your partner comes in and helps you arrest everybody. So, powerful yeah it was it, i didn't know such a such a unit existed back in the 80s in new york but apparently it did yes so now what would you wear if you're going undercover deep undercover deep undercover uh well i guess it couldn't be a space suit that would be kind of obvious that something else was afoot what kind of know, space think, suit would you wear like an mtv kind of thing um yeah i think so Nothing form-fitting. Nothing like you see today in the movies today. That would just be disgusting. Well, it would have to be baggy. I guess. 
it would have to be baggy with the big dome helmet. So Sweet. that would be my choice. What would you do if you were going deep undercover in the decoy unit? I would do Caillou cosplay. Ooh, you you would fit in. Yes. Would you be as as whiny? Yeah. What are Caillou's superpowers? Do you think? Whining and talking about his cat. Yes. God, he sucks, doesn't he? <laughs> God, I hated that show. <laughs> I know. How did it last so long? And is it still on? I'm sure it is. It's it'll. God. It'll haunt you forever. It's the worst. It really is the worst. They could have uh, Caillou fight the Avengers. Oh man, he, he would give uh, Captain America a run for his money. Yes, old Captain America with the the old man or the with the beard or. <laughs> well, yeah, he he definitely wouldn't stand a chance against uh, against Caillou. Caillou's just too too much, I think, for that guy. Yeah, Caillou blows. All right, let's get back to the powerful <laughs> Nighthawks movie. Yeah, so. Uh... For some uh, some reason, and it's the reason I'm still trying to figure out those two uh, the two main characters, the Silva and Fox, get chosen to be part of this unit that's going to track down this international terrorist named Wolfgar, who is played by the one and only Rutger Hauer. Oh, isn't so, he great? He's awesome. I like you know it. He 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 can play a really good bad guy and. It could be the same character in every movie, but it doesn't matter because it's Rutger Hauer. So, oh, this powerful blue eyes. Yeah. Now, now tell us what's your favorite Rutger Howard film? Oh man, uh, I wasn't prepared for this at all, actually. So let's. Uh, I see what I'm doing is I'm getting you to think. I'm getting the I scar tissue out of your brain. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know powerful. why you do that to me, but that's all right. I, I um, do it to dominate. I'm sorry. That's all right. I would pull up a, a list of uh, Rutger Hauer films in front of me, but for some reason, that's not it's not happening. Okay, Blade Runner. Did you enjoy Blade Runner? I did enjoy Blade Runner. Yes. Yeah. Powerful. I did like that one. Yep. That's one so of his many, finest roles. How many movies was he in? He was in quite a few, wasn't he? Yes. Especially in the 80s, he was one of those, if you need a bad guy in an action movie. But you he's just, just powerful. The, the Dutch are powerful people. I'll pull it right. up. Pull up uh, his uh, his movie list. Let's get into Rutger Howard. All right. Let me see if this will work for me here. We're running. We're running on 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 like a weird Wi-Fi connection here that's not wanting to work. Well, it's due to the the COVID. Yeah. Let me see. Let me try something else here. By the way, how are you, COVIDians? How are you guys doing out there? Are you bunkering down? Are you? Locked and loaded. Do you have plenty of toilet paper? Did you buy a bidet? Are you using the garden hose? Times like this that you can enjoy our podcast. We're like a friendly hug. Please enjoy us. Please follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine. We're on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Why you check us out on Instagram and powerful Patreon. You know, a great way to help support this powerful podcast is go to patreon.com. And please become a member of the flock of Amish. It's just a way to, it's like a tip jar. It's like a virtual tip jar. If you go to patreon.com, also links on AmishBabyMachine.com. We really appreciate it. Also powerful merch. We have, God, we have powerful merch. We have powerful t-shirts, mugs, hoodies, stickers, whatever you need, we have. 
And powerful links are anywhere. They're on Twitter at Amish B Machine, AmishBabyMachine.com. As far as podcasts, we listen wherever you go. Apple, we're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean. Make sure you follow us there. And and what you need to do is become a powerful member and leave a review. Please rate us. If you rate us five stars, it will unlock the secrets to the universe. Now, Mike Rez, during, during your powerful research, what did you find out about Rutger Hauer? Or, uh, I can't believe, is what I'm trying to say, that uh, I forgot he was in Sin City. Yes. So, I mean, there's a good one right there, Surviving the Game. That one, uh, do you remember that one? Yes, tell the, the fans uh, of Flack of Amish about it. The hunters that would capture people and, and leave them to, to run in the woods, and then they would go hunt them down. That was the game. Yes, that premise has so. uh, been enjoyed before, and it's, it's cool. It's a good movie. And one that, you know, it's kind of timely because the new Call of the Wild was out. He was also in the 1997 Call of the Wild. I, I love Jack London. Yeah, Call of the Wild, Dog of the Yukon was that one. Yes, yo dog. So Batman Begins. I mean, he was in some good ones. Blind, Blind Fury. Yes. Blind Man. That <laughs> could uh, kick some ass. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it goes on and on and on. Hitcher. Hitcher. Yep. Got that one. He was in a movie called Lady Hawk. Yes. Powerful 80s movie. Uh, so it kind of goes along. He he probably went through a hawk phase in his uh, Didn't career, we all? I'm guessing. Well, yeah. I'll tell you, one of the powerful uh, few movies I walked out on was one of his movies, Split Second. Split Second? Yeah. There it is, 1992. Yes, horrible. Is it really? Yes, in my powerful opinion. Wow, it got a uh, 6.2 out of 10 on Internet Movie Database. Yes. The only database you need to worry about is the Amish Baby Machine Database. I will tell you what movies are powerful. That Split Second was originally released in South Korea. Exactly. You can always tell those those bad movies that you always redo them and the directors leave and they're rewritten and ugh. <laughs> that being said, he is a powerful actor. That is true. And if I had to pick one, probably uh, Blade Runner was his finest role. I would have to agree with you on that one. Blade Runner is uh, it's timeless. It is. Now, as far as Nighthawks, so we have we have the, the powerful buddy team of yep. Billy D. Williams and Stallone. And then the evil bad guy is Rutger Howard. Right. Uh he did have a sidekick in this uh in this movie. And uh I think what what was her name? Like Chamata or something like that. She was played by uh Rumchata, I think her name was. Rumchata. Ursus Cambada was her, is the actress's name that played her. She was ruthless. By the way, I'm drinking some kombucha right now. Ooh. What are you guys drinking right now? I'm going to need you to take your beverage, hold it to the sky, to the space, to the stars. What are you drinking, Mike Rez? Um, I have, uh, well, I had a coffee earlier, and that was from... Uh, a, a nice little coffee house in Iowa called Cottonwood Canyon. Was it a regular your... coffee? It was a Jamaican blend coffee. Now, do you put uh, stuff in your coffee? No, I do not. Just I drink it straight black right out of the pot. Yes, a regular coffee. Regular. Yep. 
regular coffee. I don't put any additives in there to make it taste not like coffee. Exactly. You enjoy the the manly taste of coffee. I do. All right. Raise your glass up, your virtual glass up. Cheers, mm-hmm. my friends. Cheers. Now, did you think that the ending was was predictable? Not too many spoiler alerts, but we always give no. away spoiler alerts. But Right. Well, it's 1980. How the movie I went mean, down. I mean, you went all the way to the end of the movie. <laughs> well, yeah, I go. I do, I do that. Beginning to the end. Yes. All right. So what do you want to break down in the, in the middle? The, uh, their training in the... Uh, as new international terrorist hunters. Well, that's that, what was uh, kind of cool because it was kind of a ahead of his time that it was actually a powerful international terrorist that comes to New York. Right. That they did think that was that was pretty cool. Um, how they were able to, uh, and it was it was kind of believable. I mean, they got the the guy from Interpol to come in, and he had to train these these rugged cops who are used to the street into thinking like a terrorist and, and what, what the next move was. So, uh, also you didn't mention, uh, Sly's, uh, lady friend in the movie was a bionic woman, Lindsay Wagner. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. She, uh, her role wasn't huge, but it was, it was integral for sure. So. Yeah. He um, was, he, yeah, he was, he, uh, his ex-wife, I think. Yeah. His strange wife. And Yeah. Just because it's it's hard life on the streets, man. I'm telling you. Well, you know, anytime you're married to somebody in the decoy unit, you know they they probably take it home with them. They so, do. He had that uh, powerful serpical look too. Did you enjoy him with the beard? I did. I actually in, enjoyed the the glasses. Was was his uh, glasses in the movie were the yes. best? Like big rimmed aviator type style yes. aviator glasses. I mean. And they were just his regular glasses. So, I mean, he looks pretty badass. You're going to need to get some movie. of those. I was actually, I was thinking about doing that. I got to find some. I have a, a friend who owns a vintage clothing store that ends up with a lot of accessories. I bet she could find some for me. Do you fancy so. yourself looking like that? Is it when you look in the mirror, do you imagine yourself looking like S- Sly Stallone from that powerful movie? If I had the hair to go along with it, yeah, I could definitely grow out a beard like that. I could pull off that move if I could get the hair to do what his hair did. Wasn't his but, jacket powerful? Do you remember his jacket? The brown one or the black one? No, he had this cool multicolored kind of uh, Mexican-looking jacket. Or maybe like oh, a... Oh, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't that powerful? Yeah, I, I did like that one, yeah. One of my favorite one, uh, parts was when, uh, right after they bust the... Uh, they do a, dr- a drug bust, and he's got that leather jacket on, but he's got like a Kanga hat. Yes. Where there was Kanga hats and he just shoves it underneath the yes. the little loop on his shoulder. <laughs> Powerful. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty sweet. So these dudes are uh, New York cops and they get brought into this powerful anti-terrorism unit. That cool British dude comes over and did you like the briefings? Uh actually that was probably the most boring part of the movie for me. <laughs> Uh, they they could have gotten away with maybe two of those yes scenes but not four of those if you, scenes if you look into that movie it had powerful director problems and what it was supposed to be was a powerful uh french connection sequel oh okay yeah it was supposed to be like french connection three and gene hackman was supposed to do it and um 
he he didn't want to do it, so it ended up getting uh, rewritten, and and Stallone picked it up. Okay, I kind of had a feeling that it was like a uh, a Stallone written movie, but it wasn't written by him. Uh, the screenplay was written by somebody named uh, David Schauber, because it had some some Stallone hallmarks in there, you know, like some of the cliches. Um, but if you think about it, though, that movie was made before the cliches were cliches. So like like the cop cliches when he tells Billy D. Williams it's not worth it. And he tells <laughs> him like five times. And I'm like, all right, you know, I've heard that line a thousand times. But this was 1981. That was probably the first time they've ever used that line. So <laughs> I think it's the first time uh, Stallone called someone a motherfucker, too. Oh, yeah, that was that was actually, that powerful, that, wasn't it? That stood out to me. <laughs> when he said that line, I was like, "Whoa, Stallone!" He was doesn't pissed. Usually, doesn't usually say "motherfucker" in God, his movies, he but he did in this one. You're fucking yeah. dead, motherfucker! You're <laughs> dead, motherfucker! I'm gonna fucking kill you! God, that was cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, there's no one better than Stallone. <laughs> no, well, a pissed Stallone is a pretty good Stallone. I got to tell you, it is. When no. it's- when his mouth contorts, it's powerful. Yeah, yeah. Any of the Rambo movies where he's getting pissed and yelling or doing that. You know. he, he was pretty serious in this movie, though. He didn't joke around a lot. Usually, no, uh, this, usually uh, Rocky jokes around a lot. Stallone. Yeah, this was his very like dramatic actor coming out party on this one because he he did like his comedy chops came out in Rocky, and and. This was a different Stallone back then. Yes, it was very uh, Al Pacino-ish. Yeah, exactly. He did look like a, uh, like I bet if you put a picture of Pacino back then next to Stallone, I bet there's a lot of similarities. Well, yeah, if, yeah, if you check out the movie Serpico, you'll see a lot of similarities. Yeah. Actually, I, I did write that down, that uh, you could probably interchange um, Pacino back then with with him like i'm thinking like i think i was thinking like carlito's way same kind of hair oh isn't that a great movie yeah benny from the bronx yep that's why you always got to look over your shoulder and not screw anyone over right because you know it it always comes around that karma bites you in the ass right that's why always be nice to people you never know exactly or also training day too you know if you're nice to someone that can come around and help you too. And right. if, you're, if you're bad to someone, then that can come around and bite you in the ass. Powerful life <laughs> lessons from Amish baby machine, pop culture podcast, the most powerful podcast ever created. I concur. Now Stallone did his own stunts in that movie. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I didn't, but I could see that because back then he was a badass who did a lot of badass things. Yeah. He was Are you not- telling me Billy D Williams didn't do any of his own stunts in this one. Oh my God. Lando. Yeah, you would think that he would, because back then he was his pretty big name. Now, I have a question. Would you would you watch the movie still? Let's say they use their the names that they were being known for back then. So what if instead of Deke Da Silva he just went by Balboa and Billy D. Williams went by Calrazian? Barbacoa. I think those <laughs> I bet you those uh those names would would stand up in a cop movie. They would. You get the pissed off lieutenant, and he's like, Balboa, Calrissian, get in here. <laughs> you know, that, that, I'm that taking you off the case. 
<laughs> you're getting moved to the international terrorist unit. Get off the streets. <laughs> you know how much you cost this city? Yeah. You know, I didn't hey, know, but, you know, that car, yeah. you know, it drove into me. He's like, but Lieutenant, I didn't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Powerful. Yeah. I love cop you, shows. You get Billy D walking in and he's just like, hey, ladies. You know, because he was a lady slayer back then. So I got I got to talk about uh, powerful sound effects. Okay. So the guy's got a Mac Ten, you know, submachine gun, right? And he, and he shoots a guy in the apartment hallway, and you can tell they just dropped in this World War II sound effect of a machine gun because <laughs> it's got the ricochets too. There's right. no there's no ricochets in that little hallway stairwell. As no. Austin goes. It's so yeah. stupid, dude. So I had, I, I, had to, I had to make powerful notes on that. Uh, that let me see what else yeah. I powerful notes I did about it. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think it, I don't think it won a uh, Oscar for sound editing. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's cool too? They always do that. I love the the stereotype in the police precinct when they're always walking and talking, and they always get into a fight with the with the boss too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he has to he has to yell at all the cops in front of everyone. Yeah, yell at him in front of all the cops. Yeah, yep. or when uh, the uh, the squad interrupts their, one of their undercover missions. Oh yeah, know, yeah, that's another classic. <laughs> like, you're you're getting transferred. He's like, oh, what are you doing? You messed us up. Now we can never come back. I don't care. They make anybody a sergeant now. <laughs> What's cool is that uh, Stallone was in Nam in that movie. Oh yeah, he, they did say that. I was trying to do the math because he does a lot of movies where he's a Vietnam vet, and uh, with the with, does the math work out with his age? It doesn't matter. Okay, it's just like you know they don't do enough movies of uh, vets from Granada. So they I don't. also I also <laughs> saw that this guy's uh, drinking around the burning trash can. What'd you think of that? <laughs> that's a theme in his movies in the early days yeah that was uh that was that was fun to see there's not a lot of burning trash cans anymore no there's not aesthetic needs to come back it does there's another thing that bugged me they were in the disco yeah and the song playing on the on the powerful turntables was slow ride by (laughs) by fog hat right and that came out in 1975 (laughs) well you know it takes a while for it to become a hit. I don't know. Was that where was that movie? Was it based in 1975? I don't think so. No, I don't think it was. I don't think they actually said, but they. Uh, it definitely was 1980s New York, though. Now, what's the deal? So this guy, uh, the international terrorist, mm-hmm. he screws up, so they know what he looks like. So he goes to an underground plastic surgeon and has his face redone. <laughs> yeah. So what? Yeah. What's, so what's your deal with Stallone sketching his face? Remember at the briefings? Oh yeah. Well, I think they were trying to prove that Stallone was, you know, on top of it and was like really took it seriously and was trying to figure it out. But I don't understand. All of a sudden, he's sketching it in his brain, and then all of a sudden, uh, at the nightclub, what? what I don't right. even understand that. Yeah, I just think it's funny because what if? What if the guy he he saw as Wolfgar wasn't really Wolfgar, but he's like, "Hey, check this out. What if I remove this and put this here, and then change this, 
And then if I change that and then put that there, and it's like, yeah, that is the guy. <laughs> you just drew the guy that was in front of you. <laughs> they could have like a Mr. Potato Head. Right. Let me just change the ears here. Yeah. Put what the if little I took hat on. Eyes out and put the eyes here. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of got that was a little ridiculous, but they had to they had to start getting to the point where they knew who he was. So I guess that that part was a little rushed, but it was all right. I guess. Yeah. I guess they uh, cut out a bunch of scenes with Rutger Howard. I don't know. Do you think Stallone was worried that he was kind of upstaging him with his acting? He possibly. You never know back. I mean, you know, lots of egos in acting and in Hollywood. I bet that could have been a possibility. He also got hurt in uh, one of the scenes. You know, one of the squibs, they have those squibs that make it look like he got shot. Yeah. It's a little explosive. It, yep. it went off and burned him really bad. Ooh, that's and then also good. they yanked him on cables when he got shot. And it oh, like, that could go wrong. And it messed his back up too. Jeez. So Stallone and him were not friends after that movie. Yeah. Well, that's not good. Was it like him and a him and Ivan Drago? There was yes. always stories about uh, those two not getting along on set and offset. But then they started. They did like nine other movies together. Yeah, exactly. So. It's like, they couldn't have been that bitter enemies. But if the paycheck's there, it gets the paycheck's there. Out of uh, five buggy wheels, what are you giving this movie? Uh, I'm going to give this one a... We're going to give it a three and a half. Um, I, I liked it out of the two. And I think that's where the other half comes in. But it's definitely a 1981 action movie. And I, and I think if you've seen a lot more action movies made within the last 15, 20 years then back then then you know you kind of get a little skewed and and i'm used to watching the action movies starring stallone and schwarzenegger in the eight, late 80s so but uh yeah it, it's entertaining if you got like an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes throw it on you're you're not going to be disappointed so i give it a three and a half how about you i wish i would have saw in the movie theater yeah i bet they, that experience would have been better yeah because a lot of the scenes are at night, and it was kind of hard to see. Right. So I, th- I think if you would have saw it in the movie theater with the original copy, it would have it uh, showed up and looked better. Right. Definitely it was c- cool to see Rucker Howard and uh, Stallone as a different type of character. The movie kind of was, you could tell the movie was thrown together and it, it was re, you know, redirected, re-edited you know, punched up scenes were kind of put together poorly. So I would have, I would have liked to seen it technically done better. I did. I did like Stallone. I loved his outfits. He was cool. It was kind of cool seeing him from Rocky turn into the serious cop. And then, and then you kind of see how he would change into different, you know, different genres and more, more tongue in cheek as he went on. Cause there he played it you know, totally straight. Sure. Exactly. So out of five buggy wheels, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to agree with you 3.5. Okay. Perfect. But you, you definitely have to see it. And why I, I, I think it was an epic ultimate choice for you to pick that though. There's not a lot of people talk about Nighthawks. No, and it's Stallone and Billy D. I mean, you can't, can't go wrong no i mean it's a biom bionic woman it's billy d williams it's it's in rucker howard i mean i love him the right. dude is just that 
you know, he gets that evil smile, you know? Right. Yeah. And the, and the powerful eyes. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, it was cool, though. That was a good choice. Now let's uh, get into your second choice. Ooh, return to the 36th chamber. Not, now, to, be, not to be confused with uh, return to the 36th chamber is the dirty version. That's uh, old Dirty Bastards uh, for a solo album. Right. So, yeah, it's, it, that's what I was going to say. People might feel the flock, I should say, might be like, well, that kind of sounds familiar. Well, yeah, there's a Wu-Tang element to that. But uh, these movies were made. So this is Return to the 36th Chamber. There was a movie called 36th Chamber, and this is not a sequel. This is a, a different story. Um, but it's about the same Shaolin monks that were at the 36 chamber. So a Kung Fu uh, comedy. Yeah. Which, uh, I, like I said, I just picked this one because it was on the list and I liked Kung Fu movies back then. This, this one wasn't one of my favorite Kung Fu movies though ever made. It, uh, it's a story of a, um, fabric dye mill. And these thugs come in and, and kind of take over and they cut everyone's pay by 20% so the boss can pay all of his his henchmen. And then... Uh, the man they, shoes. Yeah. And it was... They, they get the, the mill workers, get this street hustler to pretend he's a Shaolin monk. And they come up with some, some weird plan to, to pretend this guy's throwing him around with his kung fu power. And it works for a little bit, and they get their money back. But then the boss's boss comes in and kind of exposes him as a uh, as a fraud. And then he goes to the Shaolin Temple to learn Kung Fu. But did he really learn Kung Fu? That's the question. Whoa. And then he comes back, and uh, he takes on the, the evildoers in the movie. You think I did a good job of explaining what the movie was about? You really did. You know, I don't okay. smoke. I don't smoke weed, but I totally see the Wu Tang Clan <laughs> because. I mean, let's get real. You, those movies are so dumb, right? And you have to be high to enjoy those. Yeah, it, especially this. I mean, it had it had a few, you know, what the fuck moments, but it's like. It, this was actually like, if you think about it, it was the Karate Kid before the Karate Kid only with Kung Fu because this guy was learning Kung Fu and didn't even know he was learning Kung Fu. So I did like the, the head evil Manchu guy. That guy was pretty cool. Wasn't he? He was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, I think the, the fight scene at the end is what made the movie, you know, the, the climax, you know, you, you wait like an hour and 30 minutes to get yes. to it, but it's, it's worth it for that scene. I think that the ending was a little thrown together and wasn't my favorite, but the fight scene leading up to it is probably one of my favorite Kung Fu fight scenes. The choreography in that, I mean, you think Jackie Chan's choreography is good. Choreography, choreography, however you say it. Calligraphy uh, is what I say. Calligraphy, yeah. So if you think Jackie Chan is good, you should watch these old Kung Fu movies because their fight scenes are pretty sweet. And they use unconventional weapons. In this one, they use step stools for God's sake, and they're foldable. 
No, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, Jackie Chan always had cool things. And yeah, I do appreciate the choreography is is pretty epic. Yeah. And I guess you gotta get into it. But I did I did like that head dude, and I'm sure uh uh, the members of the flock that are into kung fu movies probably know a bunch of movies he was also in. Yeah, no, I was looking at uh, you know some of the movies. So the the head or the the lead actor, the the guy who is the fraud who learns kung fu. Uh, his real name is Chia Hu Lu, and he was in both Kill Bills. Yes. So uh, people have seen him here in the United States, you won't recognize him in this movie because he's, I don't know, probably in his twenties or late teens in this movie. So but, but there is, uh, a, but there is a ton of people that get into Kung Fu movies and I, I'm sure they, they can tell you about all those dudes in there. All I know oh, is, sure. all I know is that head, the head bad guy, the Manchu dude, he was pretty mm-hmm. badass. Yeah. He, he played a really good bad guy in yeah, that he, one. He was cool, and then the, and then they had the dude with the teeth, the comic relief, and. Oh. <laughs> what do you think of that character? I didn't like that character at all. No, I I did not like him. He was obnoxious. Yeah, they could have definitely gone without that character. So. <laughs> that, but, that was yeah. funny for them. Yeah, exactly. So. Powerful. Yeah, it so. Was, it, it was. It was good. Like I said, you know, it's not my favorite of the two. Um, I, you know, I've seen it now and I, and I won't watch it again. So, and it didn't make me curious at all to see the first one. Did it make you want to see the first one? Not that it's a sequel, but. You know, I, I, I do enjoy Bruce Lee because of his yes. charisma and his skills. So when I mm-hmm. see generic Kung Fu movies, they, they don't do a lot for me, but I do, sure. I do appreciate the choreography, the colors. It's kind of cool. I, I think. Those like that movie would be an epic ambient video, like you'd be playing it on big screens in some cool uh, nightclub, right? Or some other cool music was going on. Yeah, I'm thinking that maybe the first one is where because Wu Tang Clan, the the rap group, they uh, took a lot of samples from kung fu movies and put it sprinkled it throughout that oh, first definitely. album. So I'm thinking maybe that the first 36 Chambers movie might be where they stole a lot of that from. So, uh, or not stolen, but you know what I mean? Put it in there. No, no, so yeah. they, well, it's just like old dirty bastard. That's a title of a movie too. Yeah. So it, it would be pretty interesting. I guess that would be my only curiosity to watch that one. But if I don't ever see it, it's not going to hurt me at all. Was there any, uh, big baby Jesus Kung Fu movies? Oh, I don't know. We'll have to find that out. If there is, I'm watching it though. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, the best name changes in the history of, of music. Yeah. How many names do you go by? Do you have cool aliases, AKA? Let's see. There's Mike Rez. There's Mike Rez radio. I went by Mike R in my early radio days because there was two mics at the station. Yes. And, and they didn't want, they didn't want people to get confused. There was old Mike and, and Mike R. So Mike on the mic. Yeah. Old Mike had the night show and I had the the morning show. So it was, it was, you got sandwiched between two mics on that radio station. How about the power resonator? Were you ever known as a resonator? No, but I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's awesome. Powerful. 
copyright that or trademark it before I steal it. No, steal it. I, right, that's what I it. do. I, I gift things. Nice. I'm powerful like that. <laughs> did you have a good time tonight, Mike Rez, on this powerful episode? I did. I really did. How about you? Always. Nice. Always. We welcome you into the barn. Unfortunately, yeah, no. it was virtual this time. Right. Now, this, you know, I'm hanging out at the state fairgrounds that we talked about earlier. This cop has driven by four times now. <laughs> so I'm thinking I'm overstaying my welcome here. Yes. Just stand, standing still. Well, he, he's probably a fan yeah. of the Flock of Amish, the Amish Baby Machine pop culture podcast, the most powerful podcast ever created. I'll go ask him. Sweet. Well, we want to thank you guys that are listening tonight, uh, new listeners, old listeners. Make sure you uh, check us out on social media, at Amish Bee Machine on Twitter. And make sure you do one thing, and one thing only. Please tell a friend about our powerful podcast. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere else fine podcasts are found. Please support our podcast through Patreon and shop our merch at AmishBabyMachine.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. This has been an Amish Baby Machine production.